Hi, I'm Rob from Producer Tech, and you're watching episode two of our new podcast, In The Loop, bringing you the latest in music production technology and online learning. In this episode, we'll be taking a look at Ableton's controller for live, Push. I'll be interviewing DeFazed, an awesome producer and producer tech tutor, so you can hear about what he's up to and see an exclusive excerpt from his soon-to-be-released Machina Glitch Hop production course. And finally, we'll be checking out a bunch of cool instruments and effects that I've reviewed recently for Plugin Boutique, including D16's Sigmund, Sugarbytes Effectrix, and Isotope's brand new Brake Tweaker, all of which can be won by entering the competition later on in this episode. So we're going to kick things off by looking at Push, Ableton's own controller, which allows a more tactile way of producing and performing with live. Push was released last year and is Ableton's first control surface to come out. With a few other similar controllers on the market already, I was interested to see what unique features were present on this one. The main bonus with this surface, other than really good integration with Live of course, is the sheer number of pads. With 64 in total, Push definitely takes the lead in this department, meaning each of its controller modes has a serious amount of real estate at its disposal. The pads function in two, or really three, main modes. The first one is Session Mode, where the pads become Live's Session View Grid. And there's a lot of room to manoeuvre here. So unlike on other controllers I've used, where you're often scrolling in all directions to find the clips you want, with Push, at any one time you've got eight slots on eight tracks to play with. In this mode, the buttons to the right of the pad launch rows of clips, or scenes as they're called. and the buttons above can be used to stop clips on a track, as well as mute or solo tracks. So the entire upper section is also multifunction, with the two rows of buttons and eight encoders above and below the large display changing according to the button activated to the right. For example, if I hit volume, then I can change the levels of the eight focus tracks. Pan and Send scrolls through panning and any sends. And Track has all those parameters for the single selected track, with the track select buttons being the ones directly below the display. To edit any devices on the selected track, you just hit the Device button, after which the same row of buttons now chooses a device on the selected track, which can then be edited using the controls above. The buttons below can then be used to turn any devices on or off. And the last two buttons here switch to Clip Edit Mode, where you can use the Select button to choose a particular clip, and then edit it on the display, which allows you to change the level, pitch, and also loop settings. And Browse Mode, which is nicely implemented, with the display split into sections to show instruments or effects, and then any categories, and finally the preset list, with both the buttons below and encoders above scrolling through the options, and then the green buttons loading them. The other pads mode then is Notes mode, which is for playing MIDI instruments. And the reason I said there were more like three pad modes was because the pads behave differently for drum racks in this mode. With drum racks, the pads split into sections, with the bottom left corner playing the drums in the rack. And the strip alongside choosing the range of pads. Then the pads to the right allow you to set the loop length and range. And the upper pads are a step sequencer, with the resolution set by the step size buttons running down the side. Any steps can also be edited easily on the screen, to change their volume, length and so on. 
And when a regular MIDI instrument is on the track, the pads work in keyboard mode, which is where push really comes into its own. Now this 64 pad area becomes a real instrument that's fully customizable any way you want. The pads can be set to any scale to make sure you're in tune with other parts in your track, which then makes it easy to create melodies and lead parts, as well as arpeggiated runs, intervals and chord stabs. So it's a bit like the benefits you get with Live's MIDI effects, only on a giant surface that's ideal for performing with. And if you want to go off-piste, then you can set the pads to chromatic mode, where they then play all MIDI notes. But the ones outside of the key of your song are now dark, so you still know which notes are in the correct scale. So I've been getting properly into using Push, and I'm pleased to say that it's finally taking me away from the mouse when using Live in the studio, which is having definite benefits and making the process more fun for sure. Plus, the notes pad mode has opened up new methods for creating musical parts, which I'm really enjoying. Keep checking in on our sites and social networks over the coming months for more free tutorials and courses made by myself and other producer tech tutors. All of these courses will be available on our brand new live courses website, launching this month, with a new streamlined functionality that makes the learning experience much simpler and more intuitive. With the site's cool, fully responsive design, lessons can now be viewed easily on all devices with a multiplayer feature for improved compatibility on any setup. Any current Live Courses students can hit me up on rob at producertech.com for information on switching over to the new site. Right now, we're going to move on to our interview and guest tutorial section, which in this episode is with our own tutor, Rich. So just to give you a bit of an intro, um, Rich has made some awesome courses for us on uh, dubstep production inside Logic Pro under the name Fractronics. Uh, but his main artist name until now has been defazed. So would you like to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, um, I've been making music since I was quite young. And I think in about 2004, I started producing under the name defazed. Um, I've had quite a few releases over the years, lots of different record labels, lots of different styles of music, kind of done everything from ambient through to hardcore, really. Um, the last few years, I've been mainly focusing on sort of dark, techie drum and bass. Um, done a lot of releases over the last three or four years in that genre um more recently i've been getting into my sort of mid-tempo stuff you know sort of glitch hop kind of 100 bpm sort of stuff really really into that at the moment really feeling the vibes of that and uh really enjoying programming that sort of stuff are you working on any releases right now yeah um i'm finishing off a drum and bass ep and also i'm working on two sort of single stroke mini EPs for two different labels doing doing more kind of glitch hop based stuff. Nice. And what software are you using to produce? Um mostly I use Logic Pro and that's that's kind of the main one that I always come back to. Um I sometimes use FL Studio, I sometimes use Ableton Live just for just for little bits and pieces that they tend to do slightly differently, things that work better with them. And also I've found that Machina has been a really, really nice refreshing change since they've released version 2, that, that's kind of like a really nice door to use on its own, just a standalone thing, different workflow, um, really good, really quick for just getting ideas down and, and even creating whole tracks. And then what I tend to do is open Machina as an audio unit within Logic, root the audio out within Logic or bounce sections out and kind of piece tracks together that way and finish off the arrangement. So I'm really liking Machina at the moment. Would you say that's your favourite bit of kit right now? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm really liking the hardware. It's it's yeah, it's really hands on. It's really nice and and yeah, software. I can't complain at all. Version two is amazing. So, what are you going to show us today? 
Right, I'm going to show you an excerpt from this glitch hop course that I've been working on for Machina, which is going to be focusing specifically on bass resampling. Okay? Wicked, let's check it out. Okay, so bass resampling is a really cool technique. It's been around for a long time. It's been used since the early 90s by producers in, in hardcore, techno, drum and bass, all that kind of music. Okay, and I'm going to show you how to do that in Machina right now. And just to give you a good example of what it sounds like, I'll play you the original bass line that I made just using a massive patch, just sequenced as we see the notes here. And then I'll play you the resampled version. Okay, so the original version sounds like this. Okay, so it's a pretty cool sound as it is. It's got quite a lot of movement going on. And that's going to be a really good bit of raw material to make our resampled bass. Okay, now this is the resampled bass that I made earlier. Okay, playing exactly the same notes, but it sounds a lot more interesting. It sounds a lot more solid. There's loads of really nice modulation going on. So I'll quickly show you how to recreate that kind of effect. So what I'll do first is just duplicate this scene so that we keep the original. Okay. Right click on the bass pattern just so we can create something new to start from. Okay, and then on our original massive patch here, which I've called Scrapyard because that's the wavetable it was based on, I'm just going to draw in one note, which is one bar long in the root note of the track. Okay, and the, this track's in E. Okay, now let's make that one bar. Okay, now in order to resample that note, the next thing we need to do is export it as audio. And we do this simply by making sure that we've selected the pattern that we want to export, and then we just click on the quick export button here. Okay, then we go into the browser, and we should find that we've got a file here which relates to it. Okay, so pattern 22, scrapyard. Okay, we'll just play that one. So we just drag that onto the next free slot in our base group. I'll drag it on sound 9. Close the browser for now. So what we need to do first is just switch into legato mode. Okay, like to give it a bit of glide as well. Then go into the um, pitch and envelope section. Take it off one shot so that we've got full control over the um, envelope. Switch it to ADSR mode. Take the release right down. Okay, so it sounds cool, but it still sounds very much like the original sound. Now here's the interesting part. This is where we go in to set a loop point, which is where we get this really interesting new modulation. Now before we do that, I'm just going to truncate the sample. And I'm going to do that just by selecting just the audible section there and removing the silence. Okay, so just hit apply on truncate mode, and you can see that we've just got the sound on its own. Okay, then next I want to normalize it because the level's very low. Okay, so to add a loop point, we can go into zone mode here, turn on loop, and then we can move these two controllers here just to select the loop point. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, and it's all about just tweaking that until you find the, the sweet spot for the kind of sound that you want. Okay, and I think that sounds really nice. Okay, next thing I'm going to do is just add a couple of extra effects. And I usually add a phaser at this point to add some more movement. Keep it subtle though. Take the uh, take all the controls down a little bit. Apart from the stereo, keep it nice and wide. Maybe add a bit of chorus just to make it wider. Again, keep it very subtle. And then perhaps just add a little bit more distortion or possibly some saturation just at the end of the chain. Okay, so we got an absolutely huge sounding bass there. Okay, so just to remind you, we started off with this sound. And now we have... Okay, so... What I'm going to do is just delete the original note and then extend the length of the pattern to four bars. Maybe switch this to tube mode just to get some more bass. Yeah, that's a much nicer saturation effect actually. Okay, so I'll just try and jam out some kind of bass line using that. Okay, that's a nice start. I'm just going to shorten this note and copy it across. Maybe leave a little gap there. Quantize the rest. Okay, and let's have a listen to that. And maybe just to fill in that space there, I'll just add a quick note on this other bass. Okay, and then what we can do next is we can go in and we can tweak this pitch bend data. But for now, I'll leave it at that. And if you want to find out how I made the rest of the track and all of the drums and all the other bass sounds and everything else, including the original Massive Patches, then you can sign up to the course at producertech.com. Okay, thanks for watching. Good stuff from Rich there. Keep an eye out for his Glitch Hop Machina course coming to a website near you soon. Rich's Fractronics Dubstep Production in Logic Pro courses, totaling over six hours of tutorials, go through every stage of creating a twisted dubstep track, including programming the beats, creating and sequencing bass patches for the S2, arranging, mixing, and even mastering the final track, all within Logic. The course is available as separate parts or as a combined bundle at music-courses.com, with the bundle currently on offer at 25% off. Now we're going to take a quick look at a few different plugins that I've reviewed recently for PluginBoutique.com, a great website for finding out all about different third-party instruments and effects. Let's take a look. First up then, here's Effectrix from Sugarbytes, which is a simple to use but awesome plugin, combining lots of great effects into a sequencing grid, allowing you to create complex effects progressions in no time at all. As well as common effects like reverb, chorus, delays and so on, 
there are also some particularly useful ones, including a whole host of loopers, and some really nice vinyl style effects, which can be used to make the signal scrub back and forth or stop like a record. With up to 12 different patterns that you can program and control from the door or via MIDI, and presets for both individual effects and the sequencer section, as well as a chaos randomizer button for coming up with something new, there's no end to the fun you can have with Effectrix. Sigmund is a seriously comprehensive multi-tap delay effect from D16. A good delay is a great addition to anyone's effects collection, as it can be used in so many different ways, in order to produce a wide variety of different effects. Sigmund has up to four separate individually customizable delays here, along with a multi-mode resonant filter, overdrive distortion section, and two LFOs for modulating parameters like the level or filter cutoff. As well as the delay time, which means the device can be used as a flanger or chorus too. With all sorts of routing options and a whole load of different factory presets too, there's plenty for both beginners and more advanced producers. And finally, there's Isotope's brand new Brake Tweaker, which is an immense new plugin designed by BT that allows you to weave together intricate grooves, consisting of different sampled and synthesized parts. With up to three unique sound generators that can combine samplers with the plugin's tasty dual wavetable synth generator, for each one of the five tracks that can be sequenced together in up to 24 patterns, there's all sorts of potential here for making entirely unique sounds. Add to that the ability to process each track with distortion and filtering, with eight separate modulators, as well as a micro-editor for every note in the sequencer, which offers an incredible amount of control over the pitch and time manipulation of sounds, then you can probably see just how twisted Break Tweaker can get. For more info, and to check out my lengthier review movies, visit the Plugin Boutique website. To enter our competition to win all of these plugins, simply find out the name of the defaced Glitch Hop track on the ProducerTech SoundCloud page, and email it to rob at producertech.com, after which I'll choose one lucky winner at random. Keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages for the result, which will be announced sometime before episode 3. So that's all from me. Tune in next time for more tutorials, reviews, interviews, competitions and other audio-related shenanigans. This has been In The Loop from Producer Tech. Thanks for watching and see you next time. <laughs>